Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. And remember what the situation was. We stopped in the middle of a count in the previous episode. A young man has come up to Jesus and asked him, and said, a good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Or as the Gospel of Matthew said, what do I need to do to obtain eternal life? And Jesus uh, you know, looks at him and says, hey, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now that's really interesting because Jesus asked the question, why do you call me good? And then he states the fact, no one is good except God alone. So what he's really uh, presented to this guy, this young man, and what he's presented to those around is, are you saying that I'm God? Are you equating me with God? And uh, Jesus doesn't attempt to answer it or anything like that. He just states that. And then Jesus says, hey, you know what the commandments are? Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. And honor your father and mother. And the young man said, yeah, I've done that ever since uh, my youth up. And Jesus says, okay, you lack one thing. There's just one thing you lack. In other words, you're right. You have done that. But there's something you're lacking. And then he tells him what to do. And the what to do reveals what he's lacking. Go and sell all you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. So Jesus is calling him to do away with the things of his worldly desires and his worldly possessions and follow him. And it says that the young man was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. That's interesting, isn't it? We, we usually associate grieving uh, with the idea of like a death or something like that, something you can't quite control. Uh, he could be saddened that he had to do this, but grieving? And so he went away. Did he ever come back? We don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he did after thinking about it for a while, but we simply don't know. Well, then, verse 23, and Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, you know, we've seen Jesus do this two, two, three, four times in Mark so far. Jesus looking around. You know, there's a time when uh, Peter looked at him and said, Lord, no, then it says that Jesus looked and saw his disciples were there with him. Here, Jesus looking around said to his disciples. So he looks around and he sees the people there. And it's not just limited to the disciples from the point of view of the apostles, the twelve. It's other people who are learners. They're around him. Jesus looks around and he sees them. Now why is he looking? I don't think it's necessarily from the point of view that, you know, sometimes I feel this way, that he's saying, okay, I need to respond and say something right here because they're thinking this and they're thinking that. And I need to sort of correct this, you know. He's only speaking what the Father tells him to speak. But there's also the element that you pause for a moment and you look around and you garner people's attention. Okay? So that's what he's doing. He's looking around. He sees his disciples and he says to them, how hard it would be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. Well, that was as shocking in those days as it is in our days when you hear that type of statement. How hard it will be, you know, he's saying like in the future tense, for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. And he says it is a strong declaration. Well, verse 24 says the disciples were amazed at his words. You know, that, so they're amazed by this, but, you know, they don't say anything. 
here in the market account, they don't say anything. They're just amazed. And it says, but Jesus answered again and said to them. So Jesus responded again. Jesus spoke again. And he says, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Then verse 26 says, they were even more astonished and said to them, then uh, who can be saved? You know, who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, with people, it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. So let's just pause here for a moment. What was the Lord saying? Okay, about it being hard to enter the kingdom of God. <clears throat> the bottom line is this. Man has a tendency, a very strong tendency, to feel like and to want to do something to enter the kingdom. You know, check all of these. If you do these four things right here, then you will enter into the kingdom of God. And even the things that the Scripture says, okay, Scripture says you must believe, right? Repent, confess, call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. Be baptized for the remission of your sin. You know, there's these things. If we do these things in this order and this way, therefore we are saved. You can do all those things and do them with the wrong heart and not be saved and not enter the kingdom of God. It's not so much whether you're doing this, doing this, and doing that. It's what you're dependent upon. If you believe and you depend upon the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. But if you're dependent upon your wealth, whether it be the wealth that this man in, in this instance right here had a lot of stuff, okay? He had he owned much property, it says. And so whether you depend upon your wealth in that way, or it may be that you think you have a wealth of knowledge about God, so therefore you're right about him. Or you have a wealth of wisdom. You have a wealth of understanding and insight. You have a wealth of relationships. You have a wealth of skills, whatever it may be, okay? If you depend upon those and you think you're going to enter into the kingdom of God, by your wealth, it's not going to happen. And that's why Jesus says it's hard to enter into the kingdom of God because what must we do? We must simply believe. Remember what Jesus had said earlier uh, when the uh, disciples had tried to keep the children to come for him. It was earlier in this chapter. Try to keep the children to come before Jesus. He says, no, no, you must believe as a child in the same way. And that's the reason he called them in verse 24 right here, children, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. We must enter as children. We, we must believe and have faith, not believe and then what can I do and believe and what wealth do I have? No, 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 no. And then so they're even more astounded. And they say, well, who can be saved? And Jesus is understanding you know, their struggle. And that's the reason he says, you know what? With people, it's impossible. You can't be saved in and through your power, your wealth, your ability, your understanding. It's impossible. But then he says, not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really quite a profound thing <clears throat> that he's saying right here. And it is going so against uh, the religious norms of that day and of our day, you know, to realize that it's God that does this. It's not by what we bring to God and what the offering, what he finds acceptable by what we bring. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. In other words, with God, he's the one that will move upon your heart and you will readily lay down whatever it is, whatever form of the wealth it is that would keep you from entering into the kingdom. Now, of course, the very next verse, okay, the very next verse says this, Peter 
began to say to him. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it right now because we're at the end of our time. But it just sort of cracks me up how the Lord will say something like this. And remember uh, when Peter, James, and John saw the Lord transfigured? And Peter said, oh, uh, uh, Master, uh, uh, can we build uh, three tabernacles, one for each one of y'all? And then the scripture says, and he said this because he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to do. He, so he just said something. This time, he's going to say something. And it's actually reflective of his heart and reflective of the situation, okay, and reflective of what's happening. And Peter's probably saying the very thing that all of them are thinking, the disciples are thinking, but nobody else is going to say. We'll look at that in the next episode. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you for your time, and I'll see you then. Goodbye.